0: luke
1: bailey
0: <laughs> i'm so happy to be here
1: i'm stoked it's always a great great day when you come to texas to hang out Mm-hmm. always have good conversations yeah it's way cooler than ever doing anything online we had a um a fun day so far we just uh, we just did the teal swan interview mm-hmm. which was super fun one i've been working on for a number of years and again another one that i just didn't want to do uh online I'd rather do it in the same room which was a good move I, especially sitting here by a nice fire
0: the uh, most beautiful environment ever i was in disbelief sitting on that couch Watching you interview Teal Swan, I, it's like, <laughs> my life is unbelievable <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I've been watching her for like eight years. She introduced me to so many just teachings and understandings that, you know, they brought me to where I am today.
1: Did you find, um, I asked this because this is kind of a barometer of, for me, the authenticity And validity of teachers is when you're in their presence, are they the same person that you thought they were, or that they appear to be when they're teaching and they're in their in their element? I I got the sense from her, she was exactly the same sitting here as she was when the cameras weren't running. When she walked Mm -hmm. in the door, she's the same person. There's a continuity that I that I enjoy uh, around people where they're the same person regardless of venue. Yeah. Did you did you find that?
0: I was pleasantly surprised by how goofy she was. Um that's I love that. She's the same person. When she would go into the more I guess like the spiritual teachings just in conversation, it's like it kind of turns on a little bit. Um but there was nothing inauthentic about her
1: at all.
2: Cool. Yeah.
1: And we do have a great venue. Great. I mean, I'm kind of spoiled now though, sitting in this environment for those listening. It's like, we're basically in a spaceship uh, (laughs) out in the country in Texas. There's no other way to describe it. And those watching the video will get a sense of it. But um, yeah, it's, it's really something I could get used to.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. The shapes are really nice here and the, the elements, the stone and metal and wood. It's, it's really special.
1: Yeah, it's weird when you go into an architecturally thoughtful structure because it makes you question why are all structures not designed and constructed in that way Mm -hmm. with thoughtfulness and intentionality. And of course, some of it has to do with the expense and practicality of it. But I think a lot of it is just human beings are inherently lazy and they want to get from point a to point b with the least amount of friction mm-hmm. and so to throw up some sticks and make a square box of a house is just an easier path forward to shelter oneself from the environment outside and, predation and, and easier, you know the yeah. things that we build structures for right but right. i'm like it's not really that much more work to get creative. Maybe it is. I don't know. I've never built a house, but.
0: Mm, well, so I have heard that when it comes to like government buildings and churches and things, they, they ended up looking into it to see like, why are they all so stark now? Um, is it the expense? And, and it seems like no, the expenses is, is pretty similar, whether you're making a beautiful structure or a, a plain um you know and a devoid of personality one so
1: well that could go in a really interesting direction <laughs> <laughs> you got me thinking i will take it there myself but <laughs> like, the space we're in is really beautiful and creative and um maybe someone listening will have been present at Allison Ceremony Circle and Dogon event. We had quite a few people here for that. That was the only kind of public event that that I've been to in this space. But um, there's intentionality to create a harmonious, inspiring, life-supporting space. But it could be said, and we don't know for sure, but that um, the ugliness we see in some postmodernism could be intentional designed with an intentionality but rather mm-hmm. than to inspire to actually dull our senses and create something um that is uh intentionally ugly
0: yeah so soak up and drain mm-hmm. creativity and um innovation instead of inspire it
1: yeah and i'm sure many people listening like you and i have been geeking out on the tartaria uh <laughs> you know, like hidden history of mm-hmm. different cities and architectures and the mud floods and you start looking at history and, and you see Fair there's stuff. yeah the yeah the uh, the world fairs and they're like oh these are just paper mache buildings we built in three weeks and just threw them up and then burned it all down <laughs> it's like
0: because yeah. uh, nothing meant anything back then <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: it's, or that like all these ancient monolithic structures were built by on the backs of human slaves or horse and buggies were hauling around all these giant marble <laughs> pillars that are like a hundred feet tall. I don't, it's just, it gets to the point, and I don't even know what you want to talk about today, but we might as well go off on this for a second. Mm-hmm. It gets to the point where, for me at least, that you realize almost everything that we've been fed is some version of a lie. It's, it's just like, what is not fake? Um
0: <laughs> I was
1: it's so crazy. Our calendars fake? The language, <laughs> yeah. the Latin languages. I won't say they're mm-hmm. fake, but they're limited in their expression.
0: There's hidden parts of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What we think of as space and other planets and stars is fake. Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs, the way we think of them are fake. Fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. I mean Money. nuclear weapons. Yeah. I mean, you start like really doing some research if you're a um what do I call it? It's not a conspiracy theorist. It's a, a pattern recognitionist. Mm, I like that uh, one. If you guys want the shirt, by the way, pattern yeah. recognitionist, go to lukestorymerch.com. <laughs> That's the mm-hmm. site, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have all kinds of great hats and hoodies and t-shirts on there with all of my funny little slogans, that being one of them. But I think as you start to wake up as an individual Well, this is what happened for me. First, I started to see all the things about myself and the way I interface with other people in reality that were inauthentic.
2: Mm -hmm. We
1: start finding the parts of oneself that are not real and surrendering those and letting those go. And then what you're left with is a more authentic version of who you are, right? And so the goal, I think for many of us, it definitely is for me, is to become as authentically me as I can. But in so doing, you also get tapped into so much falsehood in the world.
0: <laughs> the reflection. Yeah, that's yeah. been
1: that's been propagated. So it's a really interesting part of waking up to who, who you really are as a person because you start to see that the person who was in many ways False and unconsciously living their life was also interacting and interfacing with a world that was also a projection of falsehood in many ways, right so mm-hmm. you realize like oh man i've I've been living my life as someone that's not even me through coping mechanisms to deal with trauma or feeling like you don't fit in or wanting to fit in, whatever it is, right? And then you start to become more grounded in who you really are. And then you realize so much of what you've been fed or so much what you've bought into in terms of your worldview and history and the way things are or aren't, your perspective of reality has also been largely false. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's definitely a, um, I don't know, sort of a ongoing sometimes macro sometimes micro dark night of the soul when you're like what is actually real because the further you keep sort of pushing the boundaries of your perception and your reality you find that so much of what we have been told is actually untrue and so many of the things we believed about ourselves were untrue
0: yeah it can be really scary at the beginning of that i think um I was reminded of that last night I, I got in a little friendly debate about um, <laughs> Alex Jones and and the things that he talks about. And um, I, I saw this look on her face of just like um, she had to turn away from the possibility that, that there are all of these systems working to create a reality that um, we're not aware of. And, and they're manipulating us. And, and there's so many things that are hidden from us. When it's massive like that, it's so scary. Um, I think we did it, you know, a long time ago, probably 10 years ago for me, maybe more for you. Um, so So it's been a long journey, but for someone who's just starting, that can be, you know, world crushing.
1: Let's face it, you guys, we're all looking for our tribe, especially after the past three years. Those of us who are awake need the company of our fellow humans just to feel sane. Well, one way to connect with new friends is to let the world know just exactly where you're coming from. So when you head out into the world, let them know where you stand with the bold new designs for my brand new apparel line. Imagine you're at a coffee shop in a brand new town. You're feeling a little lonely and would love to have a chat. Then you remember. You brought along your Don't Spike My Proteins tumbler from LukeStoryMerch.com. Just plop that bad boy on the counter and tell the barista, fill her up. You might be surprised who gives you a wink and a smile. In any case, you've got yourself a hell of a conversation starter. And if you want to be a little less confrontational, I understand that. For some lighter fare, you might prefer to wear your own conspiracy analyst t-shirt or hoodie and wait to see who approaches. If you feel aligned with the topics we cover on this show. We've got a grip of incredible designs for you to choose some. Available on tees, tanks, hoodies, and caps for men, women, and even kids. So head over to LukeStoryMerch.com to see them all. Stock up and thread up. That way I'll know who my people are when I spot you out there in the wild. That's LukeStoryMerch.com. It is very... Confronting, but I think it also something that's become apparent to me over the past three or four years. When so much, um, so much of our reality has been revealed <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. to be
1: implanted
2: mm.
1: <laughs> uh, in us. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's just so much falsehood coming to the surface, right? Uh-huh. Which some people could say is a negative. I I don't view it as necessarily negative. I, I think what's happened is the overall collective consciousness of humanity has arisen to a certain point where the aspects of our civilization that used to exist in the shadows are no longer permitted to exist in the shadows. There's, there's too many people that are awake that, Mm. there's too many flashlights peeking in the corners. The kind veil of.
0: is so thin. Yeah. yeah.
1: But the interesting thing about it that's helped me reconcile the, the, the ways in which people um, are confronted by or in a state of curiosity about the nature of reality and the nature of truth is that a lot of it's based on our innate hierarchy of values so when i look at someone for whom the idea that there are any conspiracies or conspirators out there that are working against the uh, betterment and benefit of humanity and they think that that's insane and paranoid and um really fight against those kind of ideas or concepts you know, for an example, would be someone who, you know, wears a mask alone in their car, mm. uh, for example. There was a part of me when I first started to see that that would be judgmental against them, sure, angry against them because they're kind of opening the floodgates for an authoritarian agenda that I don't want to participate in. And yeah. they're kind of what I would perceive to be the bootlickers who are mm. co signing all of this tyranny, it. right? Yeah. But, but I've looked at it and it's like, when, you, when, it, when it comes to values, and I'm going to broadly categorize people here. And there are, of course, nuances in the way we perceive things and everyone has their own unique value system. But let's mm-hmm. just speak very broadly in, in gross terms. You have a category of people over here of which I would consider myself to be a part whose value system places truth at the top. Yep. And I don't care so much if the truth hurts, whether that's a truth about the world at large or a truth about myself. Mm -hmm. I just have a thirst and a desire to know what is the ultimate truth of this human earthly experience. Mm -hmm. I value that much more than I value certainty, security, and safety. Yep. Then you have another, again, broadly categorized person who places the value of security, safety, and certainty over the value of facts and actual truth, right? Yeah. In other words, to that person, it matters more that things feel fair and equitable Mm than they actually are fair and equitable. (laughs) Because (laughs) to face the truth, you would have to understand that in nature, things are not fair and equitable, right? There is a hierarchy of power existent in nature. Just look at predators and prey, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So I would be before, and not to say that I don't do this a little, but I'm I'm growing um, in this, Because my value system is truth above all else, even if it hurts. And even if I don't feel safe, I'm willing to take that hit because I just want to know what is true. And I want to perform my life from that perspective. I would judge the person over here who won't question anything, who just blindly follows orders, who's wearing the mask alone in their car or on a hundred degree day at the beach. And I would resent them or feel superior to them just because my perspective and my value system is different. And what I've been sort of unpacking is that I cannot choose my value system. In other words, it's not because of my own righteousness or my own inherent maturity, intelligence, or anything Mm -hmm. is not at the root of where I attribute my (laughs) loyalty. I attribute my loyalty to truth because I'm just innately that way. But it doesn't make me superior any better to the person who values safety, comfort, and security over all else to the point where they're willing to negate verifiable facts and truth, right? Mm -hmm. It's just for whatever, some of it's probably nature, some of it's nurture. We just have predominantly different value systems. And so we're inherently going to have conflict in our worldview and our interactions because what's important to us is simply different. Mm -hmm. So I can't really judge or blame someone who holds a higher value on feeling safe than someone like I look at myself as someone who doesn't value being safe as much as I value what's true. So you're both right. Both people are right Right. according to their value system. Mm -hmm. But it also helps explain to me why Something that seems so obvious to me, like a piece of propaganda or some mechanism of control of the government or whatever, anything, right? Any falsehood can seem so obvious to me. And even if I get fooled by it initially and I discover it to be false, I vehemently and instantaneously reject it as such, whereas person B over here, I mean, you can show them Fact after fact after fact, proof after proof after proof, and they literally cannot see it and will not see it and will fight against provable reality. So, in a nutshell, it's helping me with my own superiority complex,
2: Sure,
1: knowing that I can't take ownership for the value system that is just part of my character. Mm-hmm. And I can't blame another person for having the value system that they have because they didn't choose theirs either. And they also can't change theirs. Like if you said, Luke, I'll give you a billion dollars right now if you change your hierarchy of values to put being safe and comfortable over <laughs> truth. I literally I, I, mean, I even if I wanted to do it, I couldn't do
0: it. And, and for the past especially 3 or 4 years, you wouldn't even have to pay me to do that. It would be so much easier if I could have valued that more. There wouldn't have been any conflict for us, for people like us. If we could have chosen to believe that safety was the most important thing and that that's what the government was doing for us, like that would have been great. It would have been easy. Yeah. But.
1: So the, the issue is, I think, that the channels of information, the purveyors of news and the media, they understand these dynamics that I just described at such mm. a refined and sophisticated level that they're able to play both sides. <laughs> right, my me included i 'm mm-hmm. getting played all the time, yeah. but I think I know things right, right. How do I know these things? Well, I, maybe I saw it on an alternative social media news channel, and now i 'm caught up in you know the left and right paradigm, which i 'm not, but let's just say someone who's like oh, i 'm going with truth well who's truth, and where are you getting that information right because the channels of information, maybe not some of the independent ones, like the ones we 're creating right now that are just two people talking
2: mm-hmm.
1: without any agenda, right? We don't have any corporate sponsors that are making us push any particular ESG agenda or whatever, right? Mm. We're just like, nope. for the time being, kind of talk about almost us. whatever we want. There's a few yeah. verboten topics that we both know that can never be mentioned. But um, when when the system of information and what we would call news and just the the human need that we have to know what's going on in the world, right? And so these entities have been created throughout antiquity that are consolidated groups of people that, that report on what's happening in the world village and find channels to put that information out. If the controlling entities that are putting that information out have such a sophisticated understanding of what makes the human psyche tick, it's very easy to manipulate us. On either side, you can manipulate the person who wants safety and you can manipulate the person who wants truth Mm -hmm. um, equally. So that's that's what we're up against, right? So then this is where the refinement of one's intuition, and I think for both sides... Of that. And again, there's not two sides like diametrically opposed. We all have a little of both. I like to feel safe and secure and know of what's course. going on, just like the Nest person. But right. it just comes to like gun to my head, which am I gonna choose? I'll choose the truth even if it hurts over certainty. I'd rather be uncertain than be caught in a lie. <laughs> right? yeah. in, right. a, in a false paradigm of yeah. reality.
0: Right. Or be confused.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, and not know it. But in the realm of refining one's intuition. I think we can kind of build our spidey senses of truth. And for those of us that have a little more of a leaning toward certainty and security, if we're courageous enough to dismantle some of our constructs and belief systems, Mm. we can actually find a higher level of safety and security in truth, you know? Yes. That's the thing.
0: It's the only place for that. Yeah. yeah. It's like
1: that's the <laughs> that's the rub there is that when it when it when you really pan out the gold it's like what we're all looking for is that safety, security, certainty and ultimately it can't be found in falsehood it can only be found in fundamental truth. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's your value system predominantly or not that's where you're going to arrive because eventually all falsehood is going to disintegrate before you, whether in this lifetime or beyond, and you're going to be faced again with the nature of reality as it is, actual, fundamental, universal, objective truth.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Because actually, this is a step further, falsehood in and of itself doesn't even have a real existence in reality. Yeah. Right? It's Mm -hmm. just the absence of something else, which is the absence of truth. It's like truth uh, eclipses and negates all falsehood, right? Because it's the primordial essence of existence and reality. It's the only thing
0: that's real. Yeah, right. The other things are, well, I guess maybe, maybe they're in here and in your in your brain. They're a they're almost like a hologram. Like you can look through all these different angles and convince yourself that something is true, but but if you can actually see it. None of that exists. Um, but we've arrived in the place where I was planning to take this conversation anyway. which cool. is, <laughs> Of course, as we normally do. Fun. Um, about how we are constructing our own realities. Um, and how can we be aware of the building blocks that we're using uh, to create. Our reality. You talked about our thoughts being implanted earlier. Um, I would love to hear about how that affects the world that each of us individually live in.
1: Well, our reality is created solely by our perception and our interpretation of our perception. Say I get a poor night's sleep Uh, I'm stressed out, I have some conflicts in my personal life that are unresolved, Mm. and I leave the house in a state of irritation and anxiety. What I perceive the minute I step into my car and exit my driveway and get down the street, is going to be colored by my internal state. It's the same driveway, it's the same street. When I get to the gas station, it's the same clerk, and then I run to the bank, and it's the same teller. Go to the grocery store, grab some food, it's the same cashier, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right? Objectively, it's one reality and one world that I'm interfacing with, but it's going to be colored by my internal state because that's what's creating my interpretation of it. So it's not only that things look different based on how I see them, it's that they actually become different. Mm -hmm. So I go down the street, I have to stop at the crosswalk because there's a little old lady with a walker and I'm pissed off at that old lady (laughs) because she's in my way, Mm -hmm. right? I go, God, man, why are these? Pay attention, I'm irritated by that person, right? And then I get to... The gas station, and you know the pump won't work, and I'm pissed off, so I got to go inside, and you know something's wrong with my credit card, and now the person behind the counter is an idiot. why don't they do it my way? Why are <laughs> so many dumb people in the world? and so on and so on, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm having an adversarial relationship to reality and to the people that um, that reality is comprised of. So it's not only that I'm viewing the world as adversarial, I'm actually in the moment instantaneously creating a world that's adversarial, right? Being
0: an adversary.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So take another day, I got a great night's sleep, there's harmony in my home. I meditated that morning, I'm feeling connected to spirit, connected to myself, I'm in my body, I'm aware of my breath. I have a high level of presence self awareness I'm in a witness observer perspective, so I'm keenly and instantaneously aware of sensations in my body, chemical reactions in my body, hormones, neurotransmitters, thoughts everything's slowed down right because i'm I'm present mm-hmm. and then I go out of the driveway and I stop and the little lady with a walker is walking across and I just have completely different experience of her. I see her as somebody's grandmother. Maybe she's my grandmother. I wonder if her kids are still alive. I wonder if she had kids. I wonder how old she is. I wonder how long she's going to be here. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's difficult for her to walk around with that walker. God, that must be tough.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, it's it's, a, it's the same world out there, but it's the world that's being created by what's happening in here. And this is the frustration I experience with so many well-intentioned people wanting to go change the inequalities and the suffering in the world by changing the external circumstances of the world. When a much much faster route to that <laughs> is to change the internal circumstances within your own being and your relationship to the world, mm. right? Because then you pull up to the old lady with the walker and you give her a wave and a smile. And then she has a restored faith in humanity and feels your love and feels your understanding and compassion. And then when she arrives, wherever she's going, she's going to reflect that to the next person and so on and so on, right? So it's like a seemingly insignificant act to just have a moment of presence and a moment of connectivity with another soul that would seem insignificant to most people. But you can create significance when you start to have an understanding of the impact you have in the world. And it's a simultaneous impact on yourself because you are that little mm-hmm. old lady crossing the street, too. You know, it's the, it's the dissolution of separation that solves our loneliness. And it's, it's our loneliness that, that feeling of separation that causes not only our suffering, but causes the maladaptations that we see in the world. Of using, abusing, exploiting, discounting, ignoring, denigrating, criticizing other people. Right? It's like everything comes down to our perceived separation. So living in a world wherein One's priority is uh, putting forth some effort and intention to notice the connectivity in everything, right? To have mm-hmm. that sort of omni-awareness. And all that's really acquired for that, <laughs> required for that is really just presence. You know, as we sit here, it's like, I'm so tuned into you. I'm so appreciative of these beautiful flowers that I borrowed from Allison that my mm. friends Elliot and Bree sent her. Oh. Um yeah, I borrowed them, you know, to use on as a prop. Beautiful. You know, to have appreciation for the fire, to feel the warmth on my arm. It's like, wow. And that's really easy to do here because there aren't any outside stressors. And we have a purpose of being here with these microphones and cameras on. We're creating a podcast, right? So,
0: and we're, I think, amplifying it back and forth.
1: Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, admittedly a bit easier to do here, but it's similar to, you know, if we take time aside in the morning for our meditation. Our prayer, our breath work, whatever we do to center ourselves. To me, those practices, the the purpose of them initially uh, for me was to get out of some of the pain I was in, right? And then you start to realize, like, wow, on the days I do my little morning routine, get tapped in, become present observe my thoughts observe the sensations in my body my feelings to get in touch with the one who is doing the observing Mm. i feel better because i've become sort of uh less attached to my perception but then when it gets interesting is when you start to elongate those practices into that's just your life Well, it's winter again, folks. That means there's less sun to be had and less time spent outdoors getting that blood moving. Now, for a lot of people, this can lead to depression. I know it can for me. And it makes sense when you realize that sunlight switches on serotonin and hormones like endorphins too. I'm guessing by now that most listeners know that along with breathwork and ice baths, sauna therapy is on my top three list of health hacks. I do them just about every day. And especially during the long, dreary winter months where getting the right wavelengths of light and a good sweat is key to my mental and physical well-being. So when I can't get enough sunlight outside, I bring the sunlight in with my Amplify Full Spectrum Sauna by Sunlighten. Research shows that infrared saunas can have a positive effect on mood, helping to alleviate depression and anxiety. And regular sessions can also lower cortisol levels, reducing stress and increasing mental clarity and focus. There's a ton of science on infrared therapy, but I also go by how I feel, and when I step out of my sunlight, and I always feel super chill and ready to tackle what's next. So bring the healing powers of infrared light into your home with the highest quantity and quality of infrared available. Visit get.sunlighten.com slash LukeStory and use the code LukeStory to save up to 600 bucks. Oh, and also check out the Lifestylist episode 477 with Sunlighten co-founder Connie Zack. With 25 years optimizing the sauna game, non-toxic materials, and barely detectable levels of EMF, Sunlighten is absolutely the way to go. That's get.sunlighten.com slash LukeStory. And don't forget that code LukeStory to save up to $600. dollars
0: we are not inside a container anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, so then we can sit here... And I can be totally aware that Chris is over there in appreciation of his presence and dedication to helping us create this content. And I can be aware of the flowers and you and just like, Mm. wow, what a blessing. Bailey's in my life. And we're in Cal's beautiful home and the fire's here. See, it's the same world that I could have walked into today with a really shitty attitude and been hating every moment of this, but the moment itself is actually neutral and exactly the same as it is now. Mm -hmm. What makes it special and beautiful and fulfilling and enriching is solely based on the fact that I have an awareness of the totality of it, which is beautiful and light and love and good. But it's not a spiritual bypass. It's actually knowing what the alternative looks like in darkness. I mean, I've been in many, I don't know, locations in the world or have my life situated in a way that many people would think is um, advantageous, fortuitous, lucky, beautiful, perfect. And I've wanted to kill myself sitting there, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know? So was was it the reality or was it my perception of reality? You know, it's my perception of reality is feeling alone in the universe and like there's no hope and why carry on and all this self-loathing and self-obsession and this morose sort of melancholy, nothing matters, apathetic attitude. But it doesn't really matter what the circumstances or the setting is. I could still feel that shitty way anywhere and time, with any number of people.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But in building the resilience of presence and practice, what I find that's really encouraging and and keeps me going is that even if I fall for the temptation of letting my perception go to shit, I know that I have the power to bring it back into this reality (laughs) And the times for me over the years, the past few years that it it goes to shit, meaning I go dark, I go negative,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, is very short comparatively to where I used to go back in in the day. um, I had no sort of agency over my perception and my reaction to the ongoing dramas of life. And I would go into a dark place sometimes for a really long time, months, then maybe a few years, get it down to weeks, then get it down to a couple days, mm. you know, in a mm-hmm. funk, like a dark place. Yeah. And then... And
0: cycle down there. Yeah, and yeah. then it's...
1: Maybe you have a couple bad hours. Of course, bad and good is all subjective and open to interpretation because it's all good in the end. Like, if you're cultivating these practices, then um, you're able to use it all, like the the dark and light parts of yourself and your life experience. But now... It's like, if my mind goes to a dark place or I go negative, um, I, don't, I take it much less seriously. And so it doesn't really have teeth. It doesn't really sure. last. You know, like right. just this week, I was in California and, you know, I was <laughs> in a uh, workshop and uh, it was hard. I was learning a lot, very difficult content and uh, information it was outside of my skill set and expertise and i was hanging in there and then i got a call that i needed to be back here like now yeah and um in situations like that that's when we're really put to the test of what i'm describing here in other words what is the level of adaptation energy that i have can I pivot when I'm headed in a certain direction? I'm engaged in a certain thing, and my will, meaning my personal will of what I want to happen, it's like when you leave a will, right? This mm-hmm. is what I want when I'm dead. Yeah. We all have a living will. It's like what I want to happen in this interview or not interview? It's not interview this conversation. <laughs> That's mostly one way because I won't shut up. <laughs> um, it's like my agenda was interrupted right and i'm in mm-hmm. my hotel room getting a call like you need to be back in texas right now yeah people need you Friction. okay you know how fast can i move from uh oh, why me why this why now but 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 i was gonna but but uh, it, it. resistance yeah the resistance yeah, yeah great word and um you know that those are the moments of test that are beautiful because you can see if you slow down like what i did in that situation it was really fun as i I could see the panic within me. I could see the resistance. I could see the ah, but ah. It's like a dilemma when you want two things, right? Sure. I want to be there for my people, but I really yeah. want to do this thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. That's a dilemma. It's like you want two things that are uh, opposed, and you can't have them both. Yeah, and the this. thing
0: you plan to do, and we're comfortable with knowing that it was going to happen.
1: There's a there's inertia. Yes. Um, but it was fun when that when that was going down. I was like, whoa, pivot. It was like a great opportunity. And this is like such an insignificant life event. I understand people have much bigger problems than this and I have too, but you know, it's like, it's kind of a change in plans that was sort of sudden and Mm -hmm. could be stressful. But I saw that, okay, this is where I could kind of go dark and freak out, at least get a bunch of anxiety or panic or just stomp my feet because I didn't get my way and now I have to do things a different way or whatever. But it was a really cool experience to just calmly open my laptop, go to delta.com, send a couple messages to you and the team and just, okay, let me see if I can actually just stay measured and deliberate and think clearly and set my emotions about this decision and this dilemma of sorts to the side and just breathe be present and level headed and just take the next indicated step and um and everything worked out beautifully mm-hmm. and you know it had a lot to do with with you guys helping too and just i had support thankfully i wasn't just on my own trying to figure it out that's a seemingly insignificant example of that but when it comes to creating your own reality that 48 hour period could have been an absolute nightmare Mm-hmm. If I would have just approached it with less presence and less equanimity, the only reason I was able to approach it with some equanimity is because of you know 25 years of meditating, right? And
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm not that someone has to do that for 25 years. You can meditate for five days probably and and learn this, but it's to be to live life from a perspective where there's a you watching you and the decisions you make, and the thoughts you have, and the feelings you have, the actions you take, there's there's a governor, right? There's, There's a soul observer that has agency over the whole little shit show that is your personality making its way through the world,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: And so even though my little body and my little feelings and thoughts are there doing their thing, doing the Luke show, there's kind of an adult in the room on a good day that's Observing all of this and watching it, and helping to give little personality loop cues on how to apply the most wisdom or love or whatever's needed in that situation for the most positive outcome for all of creation.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's
1: what I'm listening for. Right. Is like my higher self going, take a moment, breathe, send this text, make this phone call, go to this website, take it easy, lay down for a minute. Uh-huh. eat a bite of food you know drink yeah. some water whatever it is right
0: well i'll tell you the so that i can share with you the results of of you doing that i could completely feel the difference in the level of stress that you were experiencing when we were you know you were texting me and we were booking the different things it it made it so that i could be in that place too i was calm i wasn't worried about you like sometimes things happen and and I'm like oh no Luke's stressed out I could feel it completely you were you were chill um so thank you for that cuz it wasn't just for you it was for me
1: too Well drama is contagious you know Yeah and also funny thing about drama is is that <laughs> we we all need attention right and when we're going through something difficult we need more attention right yeah. we need that sympathy we need someone who can see us and understand us so yeah and love something i love observe you. with myself is like sometimes creating drama to give everyone else drama so that they're there for me and i don't feel alone in my drama yeah. <laughs> it's like misery loves company i right. guess is one way of saying that right. so it's funny because when i was messaging you guys like I felt like I was being kind of a little panicked and urgent. It wasn't until hindsight, I look back and I go, actually, Luke, not bad. You you did all right. Like you could have really flipped out (laughs) at such a sudden change. Yeah. And just, I have such a hard time with travel and rental cars and different airports. Like I'm very controlling about the way I travel and I want the shortest flight with no layovers. And, you know, I just really have a hard time with flying around. Mm Mm-hmm. I just, maybe my age or just how much I've done it, I'm just kind of
2: over it. But it's funny that you
1: had that perspective because I thought at times I was like, okay, you know, be cool, honey bunny, to quote Pulp Fiction. Um, Don't (laughs) panic, Luke. So I'm glad you got the sense that I was kind of chill. I'm, I'm not always successful at that, but these are the things that I think many of us don't pay attention to. It's just like the difference between life happening to us or us allowing life to happen you Mm -hmm. know and it's like life is going to happen according to what we determine we want so if i want drama life says cool make all the drama you want make a huge mess of your life and drag everyone else into your shit show yeah or again there's that that higher self that says hey man like just maybe if you just relax (laughs) right you can help everyone else to relax and then people's prefrontal cortex will actually be online to affect change and come up with viable solutions instead of everyone having an emotional meltdown and just sitting there and spinning in their own dirty diaper. I recently signed up for this subscription service called Quantum Upgrade, and it's been a major game changer for my energy, EMF resilience, and the overall feeling in our home. Let me explain how it works. Quantum energy is the energy that supports all life in the universe. It's non-linear, non-local, and has an immense potential for health when it's harnessed and directed to you or into your living environment. Through many years of research and development, Quantum Upgrade created one of the world's most potent sources of usable quantum energy. So when you sign up for their service, Quantum Upgrade associates your home, car, phone, business, and even your pet with this energy. The energy you receive with the Quantum Upgrade is a high consciousness field that you can even customize on the fly. For example, I like to set different booster levels at specific times such as before a podcast recording or during sleep. It's pretty awesome. The Quantum Upgrade Energy Streaming Service has already been studied and tested by independent institutes, doctors, and labs with phenomenal results in placebo-controlled double-blind studies. It's been shown to improve red and white blood cells and even reverse stages 1 and 2 of blood clotting in only a few minutes. You can try it right now risk-free with a 15-day free trial by visiting quantumupgrade.io. All you got to do is use the code Luke 15 to activate your free trial. Again, you'll find it at quantumupgrade.io.
0: And so, on the flip side of this, we can choose to put people in our lives or choose to spend time with people who will react in that way, right? The people who will be calm and and listen to that higher voice um, so maybe you can talk about you know we have the personal responsibility for our state of being but how can we make it easier for ourselves to be present by choosing the people and the ideas that we entertain from from the outside environment?
1: Yeah this one is really challenging, it's something I'm working on uh, myself. If you just look at um, (laughs) the homo sapien species and how we've evolved to perceive stimuli The amount of stimuli, meaning data, information, Mm -hmm. that we are now in a position to interpret and absorb is so astronomically untenable and impossible and unrealistic. Yeah, Let's put ourselves 10,000 years ago sitting on this piece of land in Texas, right? We probably have a fire going. At the most, we'd be interacting on any given day with 50 or 60 people. Mm -hmm. That's 50 or 60 points of contact. Maybe someone from a neighboring tribe would ride in on a horse and, like, oh, hey, you know, this, we caught a deer over here and there's a fire down yonder or whatever. It's like a little bit of news coming from a few people Mm -hmm. about things in our immediate environment. We have no idea what's going on in Ukraine (laughs) and Israel.
0: anywhere (laughs) right um this is all that exists literally
1: yeah Yeah. your immediate surroundings with people that you know personally and have some degree of trust and intimacy with Mm -hmm. um that's all the data right you're getting data off the the leaves changing um the wind is changing direction you're trying to find animals and plants to eat. You're uh, observing um, predators, right? You're you're trying to keep some semblance of safety for you and your little group. You're maybe packing up your shit seasonally and migrating to another area five miles down the road where there's sure. less snow, right? It's like yeah. our lives are so simple. It's about procreating, protecting the offspring. Um, getting resources, providing shelter, building fire. There's very little input of information that we have to hold in our psyche.
2: Yeah.
1: Fast forward now, you go on Twitter for 15 minutes and you're having (sighs) fed into your consciousness, your awareness, the amount of data that would someone would get in an entire lifetime 10,000 years ago. yeah. I mean, I'm exaggerating. I don't know what the actual metrics of measurement would be, but it's like the sheer volume of data that's coming at us so far exceeds our capacity to contextualize it in any way, right? Yeah. So that's a problem. However, we also have a very important and innate need. And that need is to have some awareness of what's going on within our tribe and our immediate environment. Mm -hmm. It's just that our immediate environment because of the internet, because of these devices, our immediate environment is the entire world. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Uh And it's every person on the world who has the same degree of connectivity to that data that we have, which is just about everyone that has a cell phone or a computer, right? Right. So it's like, not only can we not manage it, we can't manage the part of ourselves that has an inherent need to that access. It's like, we need to know what's going on. Right. But we don't need to know everything that's going on. So how do you filter between just what we need to know and what there is to be known? Because the to be known is infinite and it's overwhelming. Yeah. And most of it's false anyway, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the telephone game, right? But it's it's not only the telephone game where something is misconstrued because it's passed hand so many times. It's the telephone game where much of the information that we're being fed is intentionally wrong mm-hmm. because it's about control. It's about creating chaos, right? If you create chaos and confusion with a deluge of information that is too much for any human psyche to manage that internal chaos with each individual makes them much more programmable and much more controllable. And when you can do that to large swaths of people, large groups in our civilization in these macro and micro cultures, you can control an entire populace just by creating confusion and drama Mm -hmm. and chaos. And it's
0: amplified so easily between them all.
1: And so what we do as individuals, speaking for myself, is we open up the portal to the infinite realm of information called your phone or your computer. And we look at that and we're overwhelmed, yet we still have this need to kind of know what's going on in the world. And so we're trapped in this kind of loop of compulsivity or addiction to doom scrolling and refreshing because we want to know what's going on in the village. But the problem is the village has grown too big for us to possibly manage. Right. So the thing I wrestle with is like, so is the answer just shutting it all down and just living my life like nothing is happening? (laughs) Probably the healthiest path forward, to be honest, because most of the things happening in the external world, I mean, outside of our immediate friends and family, are things that are totally beyond our control anyway. So we're fed all this information and we get our individual and collective knickers in a twist and we get all upset about what's going on in the world. And the things we're upset about are largely things about which we have zero control or influence. The control or influence is actually being created by overwhelming us with so much information that we just throw our hands up and don't do anything and just go along with whatever is being presented as the solution to the problems that have been artificially manufactured and overwhelmed us
2: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm.
1: so to bring that into something that makes sense maybe <laughs> it comes down to then for me and this is only me everyone is going to have their own approach is it's like in the world of addiction recovery there's this concept called riding the tiger and that is um, with some things you can have complete abstinence and still continue on with your life, right? Like I can I don't drink any alcohol, okay? Just for an example, right. I was an alcoholic. Yeah. I, I might still be. I don't know. I don't want to find out. So I just don't drink alcohol. That is an example of something that is once you've made that decision and you know that problem has been removed through grace or providence or whatever as it's been for me, a little bit of my own um, willingness to let it go and also a lot of God to take it away from me. But there's no situation in my life where drinking a little bit of alcohol is required. Right Now take issues around addiction with food or with sexuality. That's riding the tiger, right? Because it's like to live, you got to eat some food. To live a fully expressed life, you have to have some relationship to sexuality with hopefully other people.
2: (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: that's how my relationship with media is it's like not a thing like alcohol that i feel like i can totally disassociate from especially because i'm in media we're making it right yeah, now Exactly. Right? Yeah. so what i've chosen to do as a vocation so i certainly can't just not do it unless i pick a new job and i go start a farm and just have no internet and no phone i mean mm-hmm. maybe it sounds nice maybe i will we'll do that someday Pretty tempting so it's like about managing an addiction really it's like i know i'm addicted to my phone 100 percent. because i can feel it calling me when i plug it in in the other room and yeah. i can go without it for a while and then it's like uh i need some drama i better go see what's up right. on telegram it's the feelings <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not even
0: the phone it's the it's the yeah. feelings from the light and the drama and the and the funny stuff and the cute stuff and like sometimes you're looking for something good and and you just get all this bad stuff and yeah but it's such a roller coaster
1: it's a roller coaster of dopamine <laughs> and serotonin right it's uh-huh. it's our internal reward system
2: mm-hmm. right
1: it's like we get those little pings of things that feel good and we have an attraction to them but because of the way the human psyche is wired for survival, we also have an equal pull and an equal attraction to bad news, Mm -hmm. right? The negativity bias is like, we want to feel safe and secure in our environment. So we actually do want to know the bad news and we should want to know the bad news because that's how we know, you know, there's a fire coming over the hill. Someone rode their horse in and said, hey, heads up, move your camp. Yeah. If we don't listen to the messenger, then our camp burns down, right? Mm -hmm. So this is like part of the human operating system so it's a riding the tiger thing it's like okay how do I be open to the messenger coming over the hill to tell me about the fire but not be obsessing about it and checking for him every 30 seconds you know ooh, I thought I just heard I thought I heard some uh some hoof steps <laughs> you know, yeah like, so it's a it's a it's a complicated and complex predicament that we're in of having our finger on the pulse of what's happening but not having our entire experience colored by that pulse knowing that much of what we're picking up from that pulse is actually untrue so it's a very complex problem it's not only that we get too much news and too much stimuli it's that a lot of it is actually meant to addict us and meant to scare us and meant to create chaos to control us Mm -hmm. so that becomes a really interesting practice in um Wearing the world like a loose garment, of being in the world and and not of the world, and for me, um, practices like meditation and observing my own internal landscape and my my reactions to sensations in my body, to emotions, to feelings, to the types of thoughts I have, to observing when a thought is telling me, "Oh my God, humanity's screwed," or "Oh my God, they're going to get me," "Oh my God, I'm going to die," you know, whatever it is. That's helpful. What's I think been, and this is just my experience, I'm not recommending this for anyone literally, but I'm just being honest. In my experience, going to places with plant medicines and psychedelics where I've experienced brief moments of what might be called super consciousness or hyper awareness or moments in which the constructs of my intellect, ego, persona, my individual experience of who I am have been disintegrated temporarily um to the point that it feels like there's not a me there anymore mm-hmm. um some people call it a ego death i mean there's a million different ways you could say it but it's like if you die before you die, when you die, you don't die. (laughs) Yeah. Coming back from those mini deaths and those micro deaths coming out of an experience like that and realizing, oh I'm still alive. Like I'm breathing, I'm in my body. Things are starting to normalize. I'm reintegrating. I've been disintegrated. Like we talked about on our last um, conversation. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm starting to put the pieces of my persona and my, my reality and my worldview that I'm putting that all back together so I can kind of function as a person again. Upon the disintegration and the reintegration, what I find is... I'm much less attached to what we would call the real world, right? Yeah. It's like, he's here, but he's not all there, <laughs> you know, kind of thing, which is really cool, actually. For you. Know? Yeah, yeah. It's really cool because then, especially with with Bufo, that's been a mm. pronounced after effect that there's, it's kind of like a BCAD kind of thing in my life, right? It's like, oh, there's. Pre-Bufo, there's post-Bufo. Right, yeah. Um, In that one realizes that not only is the world I experience subject to my perception of it, and that that perception is malleable and under the influence of my will, meaning like what I want to see in the world, I can actually create, but also that whatever it is, is still just an interpretation (laughs) You know, yeah, and when you explore different dimensions of reality in that way, it makes all of them seem a little less serious and a little less concrete and tangible. Even this one that our senses tell us is so real and so tangible, there's still a part of me that's sitting here in this very real material world in this house, literally right here. There's still a part of me that knows. I could close my eyes and all of this is just gone. It doesn't mm-hmm. even exist. It doesn't mean that nothing exists. It just means this isn't all that exists. Right? There's other planes of reality that are as real when you're accessing them. It doesn't mean that when I come back to this material world that that one wasn't real. It was real. It's just sort of a different um, level in the strata of the experience of reality. So I can be here and go, oh my God, this chair feels amazing. I'm in a body, my heart's beating. (laughs) Bailey's right there. There's a fire. This is awesome, but there's much less attachment to this being the only realness and Mm -hmm. the only reality. And then
0: we get to dance and play.
1: Yeah, and then you know, it's like, okay, cool. Here comes the war planes and (laughs) it's all ending. It's kind of like, oh man, I hope hope we get to stick around here, but I'm, I'm much less attached to that. Because of this ongoing process of surrender, right? That's really right. what I'm getting at is um, surrendering to the fact that um, what we're attached to isn't really even there <laughs> In a sense, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So life becomes much more of a play. It's much more fun. Like I said, you can dance. So you can dance with this. And what I find to be so beneficial about that going back to you know my plans changing and like a stressful situation being imposed on me or so it seemed is that even in that situation there's like a part of me that gets very serious and stressed out and like ah I got to solve this problem even during all of that and this is true in almost all situations I go through because stress happens life happens it's it gets shitty sometimes right even in those situations, it's like there's still a sense of humor about it. Even if I'm really annoyed or stressed out yeah. or angry or sad, it's like there's a, 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 a very temporary, transient experience of that difficult time because mm-hmm. I know it's all kind of so malleable. It's ever-changing. It's not real in the sense that I used to feel it was real. So, even if I'm having a little temper tantrum or a difficult thing, there's still a me watching the Luke show kind of going, oh, okay, yeah, have your little moment, your little drama right here, but mm-hmm. let's just remember that it's all ephemeral and actually just kind of like it's all a dance it's all it's all and, a play and and the degree to which you suffer is the degree to which you believe in the story <laughs> right
0: well when you took you've we've taken the blinders off, so now. That is not the only thing that exists because I think that's what that's what can get me in that stressed out feeling is if it's like this is the only thing you're looking at. But once you've expanded your perspective, you know how temporary it is and how much more is is in your periphery and and behind you um, and outside of you. like this isn't the only thing that matters.
1: Everybody wants to look good on the outside, but did you know that our skin actually reflects how healthy we are on the inside? Our skin is also one of the key routes to getting rid of toxins and taking nutrients into the body. That's why I want to clue you in to the purest skin health company on earth. It's called Alatura Naturals. Alatura's products are designed to cleanse and detoxify as well as add moisture and regenerative nutrients with zero chemicals. Alator was created out of desperation when its founder, my friend Andy Nilo, found his face unrecognizable after getting hit and run over by not one, but two cars. He was an actor and model at the time, so he was eager to recover his appearance. So he went on a mission to self-heal his scars and abrasions, tracking down the world's most potent, natural, and holistic ingredients. And as a result, now we can all benefit from the fruits of Andy's quest. My go-tos from Alatura are their night cream and face lotion, which are really important to me because I get a lot of sun, especially in summer in Texas. So check out all of Andy's creations at alatura.com, and you can save 20% off your order by using the code LIFESTYLIST. Plus, you'll get free shipping in the U.S. And you guys, you will be stunned by the variety of plants, herbs, mushrooms, minerals, and even more that Andy packs into his products. Most of them could, in fact, and even should, be in your diet. But Alatura lets you bypass digestion and absorb them directly through your skin. It's pure genius. Again, visit alatura.com and use the code LIFESTYLIST for 20% off. When we can have the awareness that what we perceive to be this moment in time is only limited by the fact that we're in a body whose senses are the demarcation of this moment in time. So when I look back in my life and say a really challenging or painful experience or period of time, when I was in that, I could only see it from that perspective. Mm -hmm. But now when I look back on that, from this place of, the eternal now and now I have a different vantage point I can look back on that and go, oh my God, that was the greatest blessing of my yeah. life that I had that difficulty, right? I had uh-huh. the divorce or the taxes or the got fired or the business failed or got a speeding ticket, you know, ad yeah. infinitum, all the shit that in the moment we think, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Again, it's, <laughs> it's my perspective at that given time that colors that, but... Mm-hmm one of the ways that wisdom expresses in our life as we get older and I'm getting older fast (laughs) is um, you know it's fine you know it's fine I don't really like I don't like the hairline moving back if I'm if I'm honest (laughs) other than that I really don't care gray hair wrinkles it's fine but I'm like ah just I'm not ready to go bald quite yet I'm I'm hanging on Um, I'm kidding half not kidding so but when I look back at all those experiences, I see like, oh, it was all happening for the greater good of my experience. And if and if I can extract wisdom and growth and maturity out of all of the challenges that I've overcome and also build into those experiences of faith that there is a creator, a God whose hand is in all of this, including mm-hmm. the difficult times, Then when I'm in one of those now, there's also the awareness that this seems to suck really bad right in this moment. There's also a part of me that knows it's colored by the perspective that I have in this point in time. And just like all of the other challenges I've overcome in my life that seemed horrible and insurmountable at the time, say today I had the shittiest day ever for whatever reason, a fireplace blew up right here in the middle of the podcast and it was the biggest drama ever. Three months from now, a year from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, I'll look back on this and laugh because of the purpose that I was able to derive from that and the positive impact that it had for whatever reason for the things that transpired after said bad, labeled bad event, right? Mm -hmm. So we start to get perspective and then you realize, wow, everything in the past and the present and its impact on me is solely viewed by the labels I give it and the um, the meaning that I attribute to it. And when it gets in that, then life becomes really fun because you can even be in suffering and know that that suffering has a purpose, no matter yeah. how bad it sucks, mm-hmm. right? Because it's part it's part of our experience, but the level of suffering is dependent on how much belief and energy we give it as being a negative. Like literally, I think it's possible. I mean, this is probably a stage of enlightenment. I don't know if they'll ever achieve, but to live one's life in a true sense of neutrality where nothing is labeled good or bad. And and it's the non-dual perspective. It's like everything just is. and, And all you can do is sort of set your internal guidance, your intuition toward what you perceive to be the most positive and benevolent outcome for all of creation and everything it includes, right? I'm just mm-hmm. going toward love. I'm going toward goodness, toward kindness, toward light. It's like I'm aiming toward that, but because I'm not God, I'm just an aspect of God. I don't know what's going to get me there. So every situation in which I suffer could be the greatest gift of my life. I just don't know it yet. Yeah. So the the job for me then is to be willing to experience discomfort or pain or what we might call suffering but to have the higher perspective that it's very possible if not likely if not even automatic that there's some benefit to be had from it even if it's just an important lesson to learn and what was required to learn that lesson was a lot of discomfort in my body and mind, Mm -hmm. you know, it's still worth it. Right. It's like grist for the mill. There's, there's a purpose to the suffering and when suffering has a known purpose, it's not really suffering anymore. It's just like, wow, it's an uncomfortable feeling in my body. It's some dark thoughts. It's some emotions that I wouldn't consider preferable. But it's doable and it's surmountable. It's not the end of the world. It's just like, it's a rough patch that's given me an opportunity to grow and evolve and expand my capacity.
0: I think a lot of times those situations, they guide me towards more truth. You can look through the reactions that you're having and um, it's usually the thing that you don't want to look at the most. That's where you can find the
1: truth. You just made me think of something... So whenever I talk about stuff like this, it's like I really aim to come from a place of personal experience. Mm-hmm. In other words, talking from something rather than about something. Um, to have some level of not just intellectual understanding, but some level, however fleeting it might be, of mastery over that. And so when when you were just talking, I thought of just really easy to think of, this ringing that I have in my ears. Mm. And that's a great example of something that I have in my life right now that I really prefer was not the case. And I'm doing everything I can to try and change it so that I can experience quiet again, right? Silence yeah. again. And so sometimes I'll find myself feeling sorry for myself about it. I'll feel hopeless or frustrated or just cursed. God, it's like I have such a good life. I'm doing so so many great things. I'm I'm helping people. My life has purpose. It has meaning. I'm constantly um, seeking out wisdom and applying it in my life. And it's like, man... Why am I living with this? Because um, sometimes, you know, to be totally honest, I mean, this is rare, but there will be moments, uh, they're fleeting, thankfully, but there'll be moments like, yeah, if this is the way it is, like, I'm not really interested in staying here, if you know what I mean? It's not like I'm going to go yeah. kill myself, but I'm just like, ah, I'm good. Like, we. We did a lot of work in this incarnation. I'm Mm -hmm. ready to start in a new body or a new plane of reality somewhere else without this goddamn noise in my head.
2: Yeah.
1: So that's one way of approaching it. The other way of approaching, I mean, there's an infinite number of ways to approach it, but one way is what is this here to teach me? Right. And one thing I'm learning with this particular, you know, challenge is, um, to learn how to listen to the silence that exists before sound arises from it. Mm. So what I focus on is like, that's what I hear 24-7, right? To varying degrees of volume. Yeah. But I wouldn't hear that sound if there wasn't a bedrock of silence from which that noise is arising, a space. Yeah. So yeah. then that gives me that gives me an opportunity to see when I've left the presence of that silence mm. from which all sound emanates. So I'm focused on the sound way up here, but way beneath that is the substrate of reality, the substrate of creation. That's just
0: mm. what came prior. That's.
1: That's where the quiet is. And that quiet is always there. It's just we notice noise because it's sort of superimposed over the silence that exists underneath it. But the silence is still there. Like we hear the buzz of that fireplace. The only reason we hear that is because there's silence behind it and underneath it, right? Right. It's emanating from a field of silence. It doesn't mean that because I hear that noise, the silence is no longer there. It just means I've chosen to put my attention on what's coming out of it rather than from where it originates so that's i mean that's a great practice right so that's one one of of many examples of seeing something that could be perceived as um, a liability um, a disability a handicap a curse to seeing it as a reminder that there's more work to do
2: Mm -hmm. and man
1: if i mean if if you can't I don't know what I don't know what one would do if you can't um contextualize challenges or difficulties in that way because then it just seems like life is not fair, right? Yeah. And when life's not fair, then that leads to apathy because it 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 brings about well why even bother, man? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like why why even try? That's apathy. Apathy is a really low state of consciousness. That's like way beneath Guilt, shame, you know, maybe those are the next up, and then you get to you know anger, hatred. I mean, you're getting higher right? I mean, it's apathy is when you don't care about anything and you don't care if you live or you die, right? And if, that's a
0: it feels like a goop. you're like it's so gooey and you're just like stuck in it to claw your way out of ap- apathy is is that's hard.
1: It's a very dark place. All right, I'm not trying to be dramatic here, but stress is a killer, literally. Not only does it lead to low energy, sleep loss, and irritability, but it's also a key factor in illnesses like high blood pressure, diabetes, and autoimmune disease. And with more than 80% of people saying stress is affecting their physical health, I'd say we've got a real situation on our hands here. Well, thankfully, our friends over at Just Thrive Health developed a way to safeguard us from the silent killer. And this one, I assure you, is truly safe and effective. It's called Just Calm. Just Calm's exclusive mood-lifting blend is clinically proven to help you relax and breathe easier in as little as four weeks. It's chock full of a special mood-biotic strain of probiotics called B. Lungum 1714. And multiple clinical studies show that it helps you maintain balanced cortisol levels, promotes vitality, supports better sleep, and encourages a healthy mood. Just Calm is also formulated with three targeted B vitamins proven to help maintain gray matter and support optimal neurotransmitter function. So just punch up JustThriveHealth.com and use the code LUKE20 to save 20% off a 90-day bottle. And Just Calm is designed as a companion to their amazing spore-based probiotic, And while the probiotic addresses the root cause of chronic gut-brain conditions, Just Calm busts through stress, and it really leaves me feeling cool and in control no matter what life throws at me. If you want the full details on what makes Just Thrive special, make sure to check out The Lifestylist episode 499. And for a steady, chill, more relaxed you, visit JustThriveHealth.com and use that code LUKE20 to save 20%. The minute I, for example, hear that ringing in my ears, and I see myself go to this is that, you know, the witness observer kind of awareness, and I see myself go to, man, why am I even alive? Like, why this happened to me? Any of that shit, Mm -hmm. self pity, whatever. Yeah. I've already lost the game, you know, unless and until I can have that present awareness to be able to observe my thoughts and feelings and then go, ooh, I don't like that one that just floated by. Let me look for a better perspective. And that perspective, as I just indicated, was, okay, what is there to learn here? Ooh, now things have opened up, right? There's meaning. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, wow, this is actually a great tool to find an even more profound level and degree of presence to find that silence beneath all noise whoa okay now this is interesting to me mm-hmm. would i still prefer to not have to learn it that way and have just like normal ears yeah 100 percent. maybe i'll get there i'm going to keep trying right so yeah. it's, it's like surrendered action surrender isn't just like oh well i have this ringing in my ears and that's just the way it is whatever i'll just go to a concert and watch metallica and make it worse who cares I wouldn't go see Metallica anyway at this point <laughs> in my life. But I'm just trying to think of what would really irritate yeah, yeah. my tinnitus, or tinnitus as some call it. Um, <laughs> you know, there's that path, but then there's then there's a the holding faith that I could find a solution. I probably will. But what am I going to do between now and when the solution avails itself to me? Suffer? No, I'm going to use it as a tool to increase my level of present awareness. Mm. And to be grateful for the things uh, about my body that uh, that still work well, <laughs> that yeah. don't have maladaptations or dysfunction or whatever. There's a lot of things that are going perfect in my body and I love on my body. And instead of focusing all my attention on the one part of my brain or body that seems to be really distracting and problematic at times, man, I can think about, wow, at 53 years old, you know, I've cared about this body now for a long time with a lot of reverence and dedication and in almost every other way, I'm I'm in tip top shape. Mm-hmm. You know? So I can I can focus my attention on what I want, which is more of that, versus what I don't want, which is this kind of nagging, distracting experience.
0: Right. Live live in the gratitude. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And hey, man, all the shit that I'm sharing here today is, you know, it's a work in progress. There's some moments it's better not than twenty four seven. Yeah. I mean it's like, you know, I I believe in being honest and real. And I think authenticity is the really, one of the most powerful ways to serve others, right? Is like, say, hey, these are the possibilities. And sometimes I'm in that possibility and sometimes I'm not. Yeah. You know, and um, (laughs) we we need that from people, right? I mean, there's people... There's people that I respect and looked up to, uh, uh, great teachers, authors. I mean, all throughout my journey, there's been so many people that I've learned from, and one of the consistent qualities that has drawn me toward those teachers has been their honesty and authenticity, and um, you know, them being able to access their vulnerability and their their humanity, right? And so, so I, I always like to say that kind of thing because talking about these sort of lofty ideals and, you know, in a perfect world, this is what a day in the life of Luke looks like. And it's, it's not always perfect. Sometimes it's messy and sloppy. But the point is, is that life is inherently imbued with highs and lows, right? The cool thing is over time, as we keep ascending these levels of consciousness, the highs keep getting higher, and when you hit a dip, that low is still higher than your low from before, Mm-hmm. right?
0: And and we're aiming it, right? It's not. Um, I mean, if you're not intentional, then I guess I guess maybe you're just letting things happen. But um, you know, we're aiming for these ideals, and that's that's why that's what this conversation is about. Because that's where we want to be, and the more effort we put into being there, the, the more often we will be.
1: Yeah, the universe responds mm-hmm. to whatever we ask of it, not in our own time, not in the ways in which we sometimes prefer or envision, but you're, you're so right, setting that intention. It's like if you set an address into your GPS, Right? Yeah, exactly. You might go all kind of crazy ways out of the way to get where you're going, but because you have the address in your GPS, provided everything's working right, you're going to end up where you want to go. If you just get in your car and start driving around and go, I'm just going to go wherever the car feels like taking me, you're going to end up in hell. (laughs) That's
2: (laughs) right.
1: In a a traffic jam, to keep the analogy alive.
0: Yeah, I mean, looping.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. so intentionality is uh, is the key well thanks Bailey it's always a fun conversation I love that we never at least I never know what we're going to talk about you have a knack for piquing my curiosity and interest about things that I like to talk about
2: that's good so thank you yeah
0: you're welcome I think we make a really good team still likewise